2: Welcome in to the PHNX Suns podcast brought to you by the DraftKings Sportsbook app, America's number one sportsbook app. Don't forget to hit that like button, subscribe wherever you get your podcasts, and leave us a five-star review. I'm Lindsay Smith, and once again, we got a full squad here today on this Friday afternoon. I'm joined by Espo, Gerald, and Saul, the man of the day. Happy birthday, Saul Bookman.
0: Thank you very much, Lindsay. I appreciate
1: it. (laughs) 50s never looked so good. Thanks Esmo.
2: Starting off strong, you guys. Starting off strong. Awesome. Awesome. You guys ready for this uh, uh, Friday fun episode? We've got a lot of things that I feel like are going to make people feel all types of ways today.
0: Playing it fast and loose with the word fun there, Lindsay. But yes, let's go. <laughs> let's do it.
2: All right. Let's first talk about all the news surrounding the Phoenix Suns over the last 24 hours. We'll start with a quick Dario update Gerald I know you watched the game can you give us kind of uh, your thoughts on this Dario performance
3: <laughs> yeah I got up at 8 a.m to watch it and thankfully it was a good game but not so much for Dario um he finished with a goose egg in the scoring column zero points zero of six shooting uh zero of five from three point range so most of his shots were threes um he did have three rebounds two assists and I think he played about 20 minutes or so Um, It was just one of those games where most of his shots were coming on the perimeter and he wasn't knocking them down. And unfortunately, Croatia really could have used a couple of those to fall because it was a close game. They were able to claw their way back in against Giannis and a really good Tyler Dorsey performance off the bench for Greece. Um, But yeah, it was a fun game. Hopefully this is just kind of one of those games where it's his first real competition in a while. He played in the pre-qualifying games, but those are just kind of like Tune up games. This was his first actual comp- competitive game in, you know, since he tore his uh, ACL in Game One of the finals. So, hopefully, he shakes it off and we get to see him do a couple of things against lesser imp- opponents. This was Croatia's best challenge in the uh, round robins that they're going to play. So, hopefully, he'll tune it up
1: from here. So he didn't cross over anybody. There was no athleticism no. on display. How'd the hair look? At least, did it look okay? Hair looked great.
3: He had a nice assist. Okay. Uh, he had a nice steal as well in the mix. but yeah, it was, it was kind of a quiet game, and I think they limited his minutes more in the second half just because he wasn't shooting the ball well.
2: All right, well, there's your Dario update on how that's kind of going for him. Hopefully, the next time we have an update, it's a little bit more exciting and better news to report. <laughs> yeah. Speaking of news... Gambo reported yesterday that the Suns have reached out to the Jazz to see what it would take to get on Bogdanovich. So obviously, as you guys know, Donovan Mitchell was traded to the Cavs yesterday, and that seems to have opened the floodgates for other potential buyers in the situation. And we talked about James Jones needing to be on the phones to at least see what's available and what the asking price is. So we've talked about Boyan many times. He's a good offensive player. He brings scoring. And we've talked about this team needing. Defensively, I know people have some concerns. But I want to first talk about what you guys think it would take to actually get him. So he's got a $19.5 million contract. What are y'all willing to give up?
0: Well, I mean, me personally, I I just – I don't feel like you could really sell the farm to try and get him for sure. I mean, maybe some of your expiring contracts – maybe a first round pick um, a second round pick, but again, like you're not, you're not going to throw, you know, half the roster to try and get somebody like that. Now, somebody had actually proposed a trade and I don't even know if, you know, you know numbers wise, it would work, but if you wanted to do a lot of your expiring contracts, plus some, some pieces like campaign and Landry Shamit um, and some draft picks for uh, Bojan and, and maybe um, Clarkson, then I, then okay you 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 can sell a little bit more but um you know you you, you got to be conservative if you're, if you're the sons and, and make the right decisions right here because while he's a great piece and he's a nice player um i don't know if he necessarily sets you apart from everybody else um it just helps you get closer to the top uh, uh and that's basically it
1: expiring contracts in a first rounder, maybe a pick swap to, if you're gonna get both uh you know Clarkson and uh, and Bojan. But look, we talked about it a little bit yesterday. I'm a believer in you make a deal now if it makes you better. You don't wait for what could be the the dream scenario to unfold because you have a championship window right now and not taking advantage of that not adding to this team is a disservice not only the guys on the roster but your fan base. But if you do a deal like that, it keeps your flexibility open. It gives you, it lets you keep, you know, three of your four first rounders that you can deal. Leaves you with some pick swaps. You'll still have some contracts. Like I don't think there's anything wrong with uh, with getting better now and having some flexibility at the deadline as well.
3: Yeah, I mean, I think with a deal like this, it would definitely have to start with Jay Crowder in terms of what's going out, not just because his $10.1 million salary already gets you halfway to Boyan's $19.3 million, but because we've all been seeing the social media comments, we know that he might not be happy at this point, and he plays that small ball four spot, which is where Bojan would be filling in if he came on this roster. I don't know if he would be starting or if Cam Johnson would be starting, I'd probably prefer Cam, but Bojan would be making more money. So it doesn't really matter because Boyan, if you brought him aboard, you would have another good spot up shooter off of movement, much like Cam Johnson. He's a guy that didn't get a lot of his three point shots open last year, a lot like Cam Johnson. And he's a guy who can also make plays with the ball in his hands, as well as without the trade-off would obviously be the defensive end. And that's where I have some concerns, but I just I feel like this is a trade to make a trade. Like I think Boyan, if you had him and Cam Johnson as your two fours on this team, like you could very well lead the league in offensive rating, but you're gonna take a step back defensively. And if it if Utah's asking for more than a first round pick, you say no. If they ask for Cam Johnson, you say no. And I I I just I feel like people are very high on Jordan Clarkson and I get it because they need another guard and whatnot, but he's a bad decision maker. He takes bad shots and he's not as efficient as Boyan. I would rather have Boyan than Clarkson, to be honest.
1: Are we looking at the wrong guard though? Could Mike Conley be that guy where if you're going for broke, you're trying to win now, uh, you know, a CP three, Mike Conley point guard rotation, you're not going to get, I mean, they're old as hell, but you're not going to get a duo that's a, that's quite uh, got the credentials that those two do. I mean, as long as they're not both hurt at the same time, you're in a pretty good spot there.
0: I mean, we know the Suns will do anything for some coins. So, I mean, having Sun City, you know. Uh, senior home uh, sponsor oh, sons oh, right no. now would be uh would be kind of uh, fitting. Also, do we really care about what Jay Crowder thinks right now? Like, I know he's really clamoring to kind of get out and see him, but my thoughts are, you know, like,
3: oh okay. no, you know, he offices. had the shirt ready.
0: Like, <laughs> I was ready. I was ready today. So, uh, <laughs> like, listen, I, I I just think I agree with you, Gerald, that this would be, you know, it's a marginal step up. Um, you got to decide what is better for you. Bojan's. Uh, Bojan's uh, offense versus Jay Crowder's defense and intangibles and like is it remarkably you know increased the other way and I I don't know if I necessarily agree that it would be I think it's it's kind of neutral right now um you gotta you gotta give up a little bit but you're also losing uh but you're also gaining a little bit And so um, I I tend to agree with you Gerald.
2: How concerned are you guys about the defense with Boyan Bogdanovich because I know every time this gets brought up and all last night since this report came out, everyone was just questioning: is is this something that could be a liability for us?
1: Uh, it depends. Well, I mean, it depends yeah. if he's starting or not. If he's coming off the bench, I'm not. Okay, I'm then not who's to, concerned who starts about in it. your world? I would probably start Boyan and uh, and have uh, have. Cam Johnson come off the bench if you're worried about about defense because you can hide him a little bit better when you've got Mikhail and Da in the lineup with him at the same time than you would on the bench where uh, you know you're not going to have that same level of defense with him uh, along there. Look, I at some point you you've, you've got to look at you know can you will you be better and I think you'd be better with him than Jake Crowder and that's that's the math you have to do at this point is is jay gonna be around probably not okay what's the best option you can get that either makes you that much better offensively or or that much better defensively i think uh, bogdanovich makes you a much better offensive team uh, either on the first or second unit because uh, you know if you're if you're moving jay to the bench your second unit is pretty rough offensively at that point
0: yeah. yeah, and that's why I agree with Cam staying on the bench, because Cam's got a little bit more versatility offensively than these other guys. Definitely Jay Crowder, um, and and you need you need some sizzle off that bench. Uh, so I totally agree with that, Espo. Like right now, as we look at this team, my main concern isn't the starting five; it is the bench, and what are we going to do with that? If you bring on Boyan and keep Cam on the bench, then I think you, you got. And, and I think Boyan, uh, in his skill set, he's he's definitely an off the ball player much better suitable spot up shooter. Um, it, 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 but he needs others to kind of create from time to time for him. And I think defensively, like you said, DA anchoring, uh, the defense was, is only going to help him. He kind of had that a little bit in Rudy Gobert last year, except for the fact that on the perimeter, Rudy Gobert was a liability, not as much with DA. So I think that frees up a little bit for him.
3: Right. And, and you bring up a good point about, we need to take into account, like he, based on all the metrics and the numbers, he was not a good defender and he hasn't been, but like the jazz defense on the perimeter, they were letting guys get by them left and right between Conley and Donovan Mitchell. And Bojan was often in a tough spot where he was having to guard, you know, help out with those situations while also guarding the best three or four on the other team. He wouldn't have to worry about that as much on this son's team because they're a little bit better at containing on the perimeter. I do I I think he would be an upgrade because if Bojan is your fifth or sixth best player, that's a really good start of your playoff rotation. But my thing is if you're trying to package him with Clarkson, that means you're not going to be able to get away with only giving up one first round pick. And I think you can give up one first rounder, but you've got to save those other ones in case that blockbuster trade does become available. Because if you're giving up your chance at that, you need to make sure whatever move you're making, Increases your title odds significantly. I think Boyan makes you better. I don't think he does that though.
0: I also, I also want to say this. Like the thing that we also are forgetting is if you trade Jay Crowder. Jay Crowder is probably the one guy on the team who's got that dog in him that will start kind of some ruckus and, and getting guys' faces and really be a pest. After that, it's kind of Chris Paul on kind of like a, just an annoyance level, and <laughs> you know, kind of like I just don't like this guy, but he's not. He's not Pat Bev level kind of pest, you know, pesty, pesky, pesky, whatever. Um, And so, so you need, if you bring Bojan, you run the risk of being, you know, basically a soft team. Like, and you don't want to go that route. You need somebody to come in and help supplement that, have some grit about them. That's what Jay provides this team. Uh, Javel provided some spark and a little bit of juice on that end to a degree as well last year. Without those two guys, who do you have that's going to do that? Da doesn't have that in his personality to talk shit to guys. You know, Devin Booker might give it to you a little bit, but he's he's relatively well-mannered, or he's kind of like that Larry Bird kind of talk shitter, where he's just kind of like he's right up next to you, and be like motherfucker, you can't guard me. <laughs> and then he then he uh, leaves and, and gets off a screen, right? Uh, Chris Paul, same thing. he just kind of like you know you become a meme with Chris Paul. Other than that. Mikhail Bridges ain't that guy. Cam Johnson ain't that guy. Campaign's only that guy when things are really, really good. Uh, so you need somebody to replace Jay Crowder. I think Jordan Clarkson probably has a little bit in him like that, but Boyan definitely does not. So you need to find somebody out there that's going to provide that for you.
2: Dagoon in the chat said Julius Randle. And I know this is a name that's been floated a lot too. So I'll open the floor for you guys to share your thoughts on. Bringing in a Julius Randle. we got Shane in the background pumping his fist. I know he loves uh, placing his bets on them, but what do you guys think about uh, that?
1: Are the Knicks really going to move him at this point, since they flamed out on getting, you know, getting Mitchell? Like it seems like they need as much talent as they can get, regardless of uh, of how they feel about him necessarily. Like,
3: I don't, I don't think he's untouchable. I think now would be the time because he had a really he had a down year last year after the best season of his career. People are kind of down on him right now. So this would be a good uh, buy low opportunity, but you're, yeah, I mean, you're not going to get both of them. I think Randall would be a better fit maybe than Boyan, just because of the size and the rebounding that he'd bring. And that's something we didn't touch on with Bojan. He's like career average under four rebounds a game. So if you're going from Jay and Cam who, let's be honest, rebounding was already a problem for this team last year with JaVale McGee, with Jay. If you trade the best rebounder out of those three, you lose McGee, and now you're going for Boyan and Cam. Like This team really has to make a concerted effort to crashing the glass and getting what Monty calls gang rebounds, because otherwise you're going to be in a world of hurt as far as the offensive boards you are giving up. So I, I would like Randall. It would take more to get him, and I'm Still, not sure that's the guy that you break up your potential blockbuster trade package for, but I mean, either one of them would be a good fit here and they'd be helpful. When
0: you say blockbuster okay. trade yeah. package, are you still holding on to KD,
3: either KD or Shea or something like I've, I've said this before though, I'm okay with running it back as this team is currently constructed, and I know I'm in the minority on that, so that's why well, that's where I'm coming from. There,
1: let, let me ask this are you thinking? having that flexibility just through the trade deadline because to me yeah my biggest fear is you sit there and and james jones has done this at the deadline in the past you sit there waiting for what you think is is the perfect move and you make no move in the end because it either isn't there because none of these guys actually want out Uh, and now you've sat on those expiring contracts and they're just out the door uh Mm -hmm. i I struggle with that mentality, and it's not a knock on you, Gerald. It's just thinking about it, trying to— I still think this team is very much a title contender. Now, that's controversial to some people online, apparently. When you say (laughs) that, you you catch a lot of grief for it, but I still believe they are, and I still think with smaller moves, you can can solidify that, and I I just look at that. I don't know that Randall's the guy— you know, honestly, Bo Young would be nice offensively. There's flaws there. I don't know if there's any perfect move to be had. I mean, people were talking in the chat about Montrezl Harrell, and you know, that's a guy. Obviously, his legal troubles were dialed back this week. He can rebound, but he's more of a center than a power forward. So, like, I there's all there's going to be flaws in anybody you're getting at this point. But does it help you get better? Uh, does it move you closer to that ultimate goal? is is all I care about at this point
3: right and and we know the Utah Jazz are going to be looking for picks to stockpile picks they're going to be looking for the best available offer so if you are trying to get Boyan and Jordan Clarkson in a package deal it's probably going to take two first rounders and I don't know that it's worth it at that point it's going to take a lot of your salary to get to what is that 19 plus I think Clarkson's like 12 or 13 that's a lot 13. of salary yeah. to match so I if, if you can get away with like Jay Crowder, Landry Shamit, and a first-round pick for Boyan and Jared Vanderbilt—that's a home run deal. I would love that deal. But if it's just Boyan, maybe I struggle with it a little bit more. Maybe you still pull the trigger. I just—it just doesn't get me excited. I think he'd be a great fit. He can create with with the ball in his hands, and he's a great spot-up shooter. But the defense thing does worry me a little bit.
1: Let Let me throw this out there to everybody too. Say Dario. Continues to struggle in Eurobasket. It uh, mm-hmm. just does not look like he's anywhere near what we hope. Does that mm-hmm. change anybody's feeling too? I know that I know that it takes time to come back off of an injury, but if he's completely cold and everybody has felt that he would be a major piece, that makes me wonder if if you consider making a move even that much more no, uh, if, if he doesn't show anything.
0: It, I think you consider making that move anyway. I don't think you wait to see if he's got the goods or not. Like, I think if there's a viable trade out there that's going to make you better, that you can can that you can rely on right now, then you make it. Like, Dario's not that key of a piece for this team in order to just hold him off and hope for the best and and, and hope that he's the key cog that's going to take you over the top. He's just not that guy. So, fuck yeah, you make that trade. If, if anybody's available and you can trade him for somebody that's going to be a, a legitimate piece for you, you do it in a heartbeat. Sorry, Dario
3: would you would you consider boyan to be that piece if it, if you had to give up jay and dario and a first to get boyan would you make that deal
0: jay dario and a first for boyan ooh no i wouldn't make that deal
3: yeah cuz that seems like again it's going to be a small sample size that we're dealing with as far as his time at eurobasket but i do think he's he brings a different element to that center spot that's badly needed if if you're just going to go with da and bismack that's a little more one-dimensional than I'd like at that Hey, spot. stop
1: forgetting about Jock. Don't don't forget <laughs> about Jock here. Jock does bring this floor, the floor spacing.
2: <laughs> I think the hardest part about this is that, like, there's so many names that have been thrown out, right? Like Kyle Kuzma has been brought up co- quite a few times in our chat right now. We see you Please. guys. Um, but it, you have to also, are these players available? Are they actually even going to consider, even if you bring a good trade, are they going to consider it? You know what I mean? So it's like, you kind of got to play within the realm of reality, not just what would actually make this team better, but what could actually be done.
1: Right. Yeah. And I think the jazz are pretty obviously willing to move anybody that isn't one of the young guys that they, that they acquired in this last deal. It feels like, uh, anybody over the age of twenty six uh, is is up for grabs over there. In
0: uh, it's the in opposite right of now. a Leonardo DiCaprio situation for sure. <laughs>
1: oh. No, they're no. they're getting rid of anybody uh, twenty six or older. They're exactly no, Leonardo but this, DiCaprio. But,
0: but there. Yeah, yeah, that's true. That's true. It's true. <laughs> <laughs> they
1: want young talent. Saul, all right.
0: Oh no. <laughs> Oh, I'm no. not going to go, I'm not going to say anything. <laughs> yeah, I'm we say yes. definitely
2: okay. move on. Any final thoughts with fire around right now. this situation before we move on to our next topic? No. Nah. Okay, then let's move on to our next topic. Here's a couple fun things that have happened on social media over the last 24 hours. First and foremost, uh, a fan who got a tattoo of Book's famous pose, kind of like a... Skeleton with flames all around it. Finally got Devin's attention after, and this guy's name is Dev as well, after getting so many retweets and likes from the Suns community, and Devin Booker shared it on his Instagram stories. My question is, would you guys ever get a tattoo of an athlete? And if the answer is yes, who, which athlete?
3: No, I wouldn't. <laughs> Shit, not so. <laughs> what not not one I'm where
0: not- it looks like he's melting. I'm not. I'm not gonna disrespect the guy. Like, hey, that's your thing. That's your prerogative. You do what you want to do with your body. But I'm not putting another man's aura on myself. Like, I'm just not doing that. Or, or a woman. Like, nobody else is going on this body. I got my name of my son, my firstborn son, on my chest. That's mm-hmm. about it. Like, <laughs> no, I would never get somebody on my body. Not even the Jordan logo. Like, no. Okay.
1: Okay. I almost uh, had
2: to get it.
1: <laughs> if if I lost a bet, yes, I would because I opened my big mouth. Probably not. I think the closest I get is I get my, the way my daughter draws a basketball right now. I'd probably get maybe get that as a, as something. But the funniest—it's story time again. Guess what? Uh the the funniest one I've seen is Marchand Gortat has has a Jumpman logo, but it's like whack jump man logo like it's the walmart version of a jump man logo it is terrible it looks like a prison tat like it's really really bad and and he's made he's made fun of it in the past i'll have to see if i can find a picture but that is pretty pretty bad
3: yeah i i don't think i would ever do that i just picture like blades of glory when he gets his (laughs) friends like tattooed on his shoulder and it's like his face with paw prints creeping out of it because they're part of the wolf pack. It's just or like I, the water yeah. a water boy when
0: he gets Roy Orbison on his butt cheek. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Exactly. I don't I don't think it could ever be me. No.
2: Yeah, no, definitely not an athlete. Um, I will say though, I do have my cat tattooed. It's a little like do you. Yeah, it's a picture of me and him uh, a couple years <laughs> back. I got that one. It's super funny. I love it. Like
0: a, a picture. You have a picture of yourself on your own body?
2: I do. So I'm the only person. I will put myself on myself. But if you want me to put somebody else on myself, we're we're not doing it.
0: (laughs) That is the best thing I've heard all year. You know what's so funny,
2: though, is I didn't even think about it. I was like, oh, I just want my cat. And there was this really cute picture of him because he always lays on my shoulder. Mm -hmm. So we did, like, kind of a silhouette of it. And I was like, I love this. It's great. Yada, yada, yada. A week after I get it done, I'm at work. And you guys know Tana Hughes. She used to do social for The Mm Suns. She's like, wait, hold on. You tattooed yourself on yourself. <laughs> and I was like, well, now that you mention it, yeah, I did. <laughs> yeah.
0: The, Myself? Like, the only person that's loving me is me all the <laughs> time. Well, Let's I know go.
2: I'm stuck with me for life. So you know, I don't <laughs> at least have to worry about explaining an awkward tattoo to somebody else later on.
1: No one else is
3: worthy, just me.
1: <laughs> I, I do amazing. have Wolfie. Ta- I do have Wolfie tattooed on myself as well. Uh, little known fact: I'm that big of a fan of Wolfie uh, <laughs> since uh, since the cat's been appearing on the show. I got that as well. so Oh
2: my gosh! Um, yeah, but it was it's, whatever. Maybe I'll maybe I'll post a picture for you guys to see it. At some point time. <laughs> maybe not. I don't know. Okay, the next really funny thing. This one came from Ball is Life on Instagram. Um, And it leads us into our bigger conversation. Uh, But before we get into the bigger conversation, we do have to mention this. So Kelly O'Bray Jr. released a new song today and Bala's Life shared it, at least a part of it on their Instagram page, we cannot play it for you here, but I do highly recommend you go check it out. For your own
1: good. You <laughs> <laughs> we can't play it here for your own good. Not copyright is, laws. We're protecting is, your ears. Is, oh, We're already tragic. giving them ammo. <laughs> we're already giving them ammo. Tragic. I didn't realize Lindsay hit him in the head that hard. <laughs> oh, Damn. <me. laughs>
2: Listen, I will say, okay, so it didn't really get a huge, um, it didn't get a positive response in most of the comments, (laughs) but I will say that at least he's doing whatever he wants. And if it's a a creative outlet and he's happy and that's all that matters, that's that's all I'm going to say. Your art Uh, is not always going to be perfect, but keep making it.
1: I'm glad he's spending Michael Jordan's money on uh, something worthwhile. <laughs> no, no comment. Well,
0: I mean, to be fair, Michael Jordan ain't spending his own money on anything worthwhile either. So Ooh, including brutal. Kelly. <laughs> including Kelly. Let's go.
2: <laughs> Damn, you guys already. Uh,
3: unsung Heroes <laughs> Week is off to a phenomenal finish. Uh,
2: no. <laughs> well, in case you haven't guessed it, our Unsung Hero, we're gonna discuss. To round out our Unsung Heroes Week is the one and only Kelly O'Bray Jr. But real quick, before we get into that, I do have to tell you about OGs and the free stuff that they have readily available for you guys in our Flavoring Life sweepstakes. So one winner uh, is going to win three bags of OGs, including their Orange Cream Sickle and Tropical Flavors. They're also going to get an OGs hat, a PHNX shirt of your choice, and a PHNX annual membership. And to sign up for this sweepstakes, all you have to do is head on over to gophnx.com or click the link in our show notes. If you don't want to wait until the end of the month to find out if you won the sweepstakes, you can always pick up OGs by checking them out online at ogsbrands.com. You can find them on Instagram at ogsbrands, or you can find their products at your local dispensary. But just a reminder, you do have to be 21 years or older to purchase. Um, OGs is a huge a huge hit around our PHNX office. Everyone seems to really love the Orange Creamsicle, which is a part of this giveaway. So really good giveaway to make sure you drop your name in that hat. Also, the wait is almost over. A new football season is about to begin. And the best way to get ready for the NFL Week 1 action is by downloading the DraftKings Sportsbook app and using the promo code PHNX when you sign up. Because when you use that promo code, You're going to get $200 in free bets instantly when you place a $5 bet on any football game. It's that easy, and it's code PHNX, only at DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the NFL. Minimum age and eligibility restrictions apply. See show notes for details. Um, Espo, RIP to your pick of the week last night in that ASU (laughs) you game hopefully everyone listened to Shane and not Espo if you decided to put some money on that one
1: to be fair I did not pick them to to win I did not pick the lumberjacks to win I just said at 25 I don't know there's a lot of questions about this ASU team and little secret I'm here in the office and I literally am staring at uh Jacob Franklin right on the other side of the desk uh, over where the camera is so I said it also to piss him off so
2: oh I see I see okay. gotcha Excuses. Okay. <laughs> all right gentlemen let's get into Kelly Oubre Jr the bullet points that we are going to be discussing today so first and foremost he averaged 18.7 points per game and 6.4 rebounds per game in his final year with the Suns He had a 45.2 field goal percentage and a 35.2 three-point percentage. He started Valley Boys and reinvigorated Suns fandom. And then he was also traded to the Thunder for CP3. He was a part of that package. So first and foremost, let's talk about uh, from the basketball perspective, the averages and the percentages that he brought when he was a member of the Phoenix Suns. Gerald starts.
3: (laughs) I'll go ahead and try. That was a career high in scoring. That was a career high in rebounding. And it was a career high in three-point percentage. He was legitimately good for the Suns that season. And I think we can all agree that what needed to happen in the bubble as far as turning things over to McHale and Cam Johnson as the Suns' wings of the future made sense. Because you, you just look at the persona that Kelly Oubre was and you look at his particular skill set, what he brought to the table, what Cam brings to the table, and it's pretty clear that they were heading towards an impasse as far as what his long-term role would be unless he was going to agree to be six-man, and he wasn't. So I I think we can say that Kelly didn't have a maybe long-term future in Phoenix outside of a six-man role while still understanding that he contributed to the season that put the Suns back on the map and back on track. And I know, damn it, soul <laughs>
0: <laughs> <laughs> The
3: glasses are killing oh, me. Oh, I got more. The sunglasses are killing me. <laughs> but I will say that, like, he was legitimately good that year, and he did bring something to the table that, to be honest, the sun still could use some of at this point in time, and that's being a slasher, somebody that can attack off the dribble, somebody that can put pressure on the rim because, oh, man, the glasses thing, you guys are killing me over here. <laughs> Lindsay, No! <laughs> <laughs> oh,
2: Lindsay. I'm on your side, Gerald. I got your back.
0: Oh, Somebody's got to
2: bring the extra shades in to. Help.
0: Oh, oh, you want to go, Lindsay? To battle? I, go. Oh I gotta go. Yeah. Okay. Let's do this. Let's it's go. all Let's about swag you when you're How talking many to, you How many you got? Oh Oh, man. Shit. oh, you want to go again? Let's go!
1: I oh, want mine at home.
0: <laughs> oh yeah! Let's go! Look. Here we go! Look, oh, I got nothing. let go. Oh, <laughs> man <laughs> many sunglasses. Like you to old
2: legitimate basketball point. Can you guys calm down? <laughs>
0: I literally have like six pairs right in front of me.
1: No, nothing else. Uh, I, I got no. I can do this. That's it.
0: That wasn't. That wasn't even planned,
3: folks. That just is how this happened. It just happened organically, just like the Valley Boys nickname. For, for the audio anyway.
1: people, they were just changing sunglasses like crazy, uh, yes. and interrupting poor Gerald as he makes a bad point. <laughs>
2: Sorry, it's fine. Guys. Sorry. It's
3: fine. The <laughs> point is, Kelly had a career best year here. He helped get the Suns back on track both in terms of the culture, in terms of the vibes, and in terms of the on-court play. And he was legitimately good at providing not just highlights, but like legitimately good plays. So he scored 61 points in 103 clutch minutes that year, shot 46 overall and 48% from 3 in the clutch. There was that one game against the Hornets where they were down 5 in the final minute, and he hit back-to-back threes. Like We shouldn't forget that he was legitimately good for the Suns in the clutch that season. It wasn't going to last forever. It was a wave, but every wave crashes, as I've said before. And I think we can still pay homage to that while accepting that he wasn't going to be around
0: forever. Oh, Donkey on Jared. Paul George, fantastic. Donkey yes. on JaVel McGee, fantastic. Mm-hmm. He had a lot of cool highlights. He had a nice... He got the crowd energized and I think that was the that's the main thing that I feel like he did do It's like he he got the crowd to really buy into him and, and the flair that he provided because let's be honest like as much as I love Devin Booker like he doesn't give me any of that you know every now and then he might give you know he's going to drop some you know fantastic play but he doesn't really get too hyped in a game Chris Paul pretty low key as well DA will flex but that's about it you know. Kelly brought brought the the vibe to it, you know what I mean, and that's that's the thing that I will always remember about Kelly Oubre. And this is the most positive I'm gonna be about Kelly Oubre in this whole segment, just so you know. Oh, like boy. I love, I do love the aura, the swag, and what he brought to the table all the way up until the court, and then the few flashes that we got on the court where you know he made highlight plays, and he was probably the the one some where you could count on. He was kind of must see because you never knew when that next highlight was going to come. Whereas with the other guys, it's just, they're just so methodical. Uh, it's, it, it, they make it seem more routine.
1: Kelly Oubre jr. Is the fast and furious of the NBA. Oh God! Costs lots of money, provides some entertainment, but there's no real substance to it in the end. I love that Gerald, Mr. Uh, Mr. Advanced stats, cherry picked what he wanted to share with you. The people uh, here, you look at his usage rate, he was at a 20 percent, 21 percent usage rate. His assist percentage was six point six percent and his turnover percentage was nine and, percent. And his assist to usage ratio was 0. 0.32. You know what that says? He was a complete and utter disaster. The ball came in. It never that's went out. What, that's, that's not what, what that it says. says. <laughs> that's Do you what see it this? says.
0: It's like a black hole. That's what it is. That's what
2: it is. Yeah, well, A. A Phoenix brings up a good point, Espo. The Fast and Furious movies make millions every time. And guess what?
1: They don't win shit. They ain't bringing home any Oscars, and the trophy's what matters. All right?
3: And that's why we had to move on from him at some point. (laughs) I agree with you in that regard. And he was like, that was the biggest frustrating thing about Kelly was when he would catch the ball, he would drive and he had tunnel vision and it was, he wasn't going to pass the ball out. And that's why he wasn't a good long-term fit for Monty's 0.5 system. Like we can, we can say that and we can agree on that, but to deny his impact in that one season, to deny the trajectory that he helped, not solely, but helped put the Suns back on, I mean, come on. Are we really going to be those
1: people on a Friday? Also, Devin and Ricky much more impactful than than anything that Kelly Oubre did.
2: Well, here's the thing. As I had mentioned, go ahead,
0: Saul. (laughs) (laughs) fuck out of here with Ricky Rubio already. No, no.
1: No. (laughs) you can repaint, you can repaint the shitty junker, but unless that, that engine's going, it don't matter. And that engine was more Ricky and Devin than it ever was Kelly. All
2: right. Well, here's something I have to say about (laughs) Kelly and Ricky. We're also going to throw Aaron Baines in there. Same Mm. type of um, argument that I brought up with Earl Watson and Devin Booker, right? Monty Williams said, and I quote, he was instrumental in us building our program. It sounds kind of sappy, but I'm forever indebted to those guys because they helped us build Suns basketball back to where it is. Preach. And he was referencing Ricky Rubio, Aaron Baines and Kelly Oubre jr.
1: Preach. Yeah, he was re- he was referencing However, more more Ricky and, and, and Aaron, oh, I guess. <laughs>
2: no, he was that <laughs> question on. was no. asked for no. Kelly specifically. He threw Ricky and Aaron in there. It, mm-hmm.
1: He must have forgot that point where uh where Kelly didn't like Devin all that much. That must not have been uh part of and that uh, locker room building.
0: Yeah, also like R- Ricky Rubio was a fantastic teammate. He was a, he was he was a good player. Like his teammates loved him. They liked him whatever. The other two, uh, no, like, they they just had no fit in the future. And Hmm. I know there was beef with several of of the other teammates and those two dudes. Like, no. Like, like Monty could say that all he wants, but also we got rid of them because they were not good in the locker room.
2: Okay, well, then hear me out on this one. I'll give you Aaron Baines, but then why did Cam Johnson say, I was definitely really grateful for him. He was encouraging. He was a great teammate about <laughs> Kelly Oubre Jr.
0: It's because Cam rookie, doesn't say anything yes, negative. To the, to the rookies, <laughs> a million percent. Like, I, I absolutely believe that. But to the veterans that were like, nah, man, Devin Booker wasn't trying to hear it. If Chris Paul was on the team, he wouldn't want to hear it. None of the vets bought into that Kelly Oubre tsunami poppy bullshit. No. Shit.
1: <laughs> Shane, can <laughs> you do a favor?
0: Shane, can you Can know. you? Go
2: ahead
1: I was going to say, Shane, can you cue that clip that I sent you? Oh,
2: boy Oh,
3: now we got secret clips Now we got secret clips, huh? Oh, Emma, it's Emma. I'll, Fine, I'll
1: cue it Geez, I gotta do everything on this show I'll Emma cue doesn't it. even
0: know how to work her mic What's up with this?
2: Like, finally, I know you got teed up for that head pop there But it's a fan favorite, she we all me. love it So one more time, give it to us Would you Oh, oh, really?
1: You that, want that's the that only show? reason Lindsay likes Kelly because he helped oh, her go viral. No, that's what it is.
2: Really? Well, uh, <laughs> Dad has a great question for you two Kelly haters. Did he take your mom to Olive Garden or something? <laughs> like, what's up? Why are you so angry? No,
3: not even that. <laughs> <laughs> Look, uh. look i i think a lot of the locker room stuff though was on kelly's side of things more so than anybody else's i think there was a power struggle coming because kelly thought he was that dude and everyone but him realized that he was not that dude and i think that's part of the reason why it was so easy for the sons to move on from him but like devin booker liked kelly like there was that time when he was out uh near the end of the season devin booker had an and one and he did Oubre's signature like shoulder pop flex and like headbang to celebrate. And Ubre was loving it from the bench. So I know that they were, you know, they were tight to a certain extent. I think there was that power struggle coming, but I think a lot of the locker room chemistry stuff is a little overblown.
2: I will Listen. give you the power struggle thing. A hundred percent. I do believe that Kelly wanted to be that guy on this team and didn't want to take a backseat to Devin. So you guys are hundred percent with that portion of your argument.
1: So oh, why Saul and I dislike each other? It's a power struggle here. It's a power struggle. Look, can we can we talk about the culture side of
3: things though? Because... Yeah,
2: let's move on to our next bullet point. Here. Oh, so, oh, just wait. <laughs> Kelly Oubre Jr. along with DeAndre and started Valley Boys, and Kelly was a big uh, portion of why Suns fandom was reinvigorated. He brought energy. He brought vibes. He made being a Suns fan fun mm-hmm. after a very dark period of time where it was not fun to be a Suns fan. Mm-hmm. Go ahead, Aswell, You can start on this one. <laughs>
0: <laughs>
1: I'm just going to say this. If you weren't a Suns fan and Kelly Oubre made you a Suns fan, you aren't a Suns fan, all right? that's. I'm going to say that much right there. If you you went away and Kelly Oubre made you come back. No, no, no. No, no, Because once
0: you got to be happy? No, no, (laughs) no. no, Screw
1: happiness. That's not what it's about. (laughs) That's bullshit.
0: That's absolute bullshit.
1: If you hopped on the bandwagon then, I'm sorry. Pack up and get the hell out of here.
3: A bandwagon.
0: Oh, get the hell out of here. There's no, you don't have to be back on the bandwagon and to enjoy the suns all over again. Like that doesn't that doesn't have to be the, it can't be all or nothing for you, Espo, which I know it is oftentimes. Like I will back Kelly on that because Kelly absolutely made this thing cool again and and, and gave people enough pride to have pride in the Suns again. Like they did, he did. And, and whether you want to admit that or not he made that thing reputable across the Valley when it was just like inner Suns fans that kind of knew, you know, and loved their team. Kelly made it, he put it out there, he repped the Valley. He was one of the first, you know few athletes in, in quite a while to say, I love the Valley. This mm-hmm. is my home. This is what I want to rep. I want to wear that shit all the time. And that that's why I'm going to call this the Valley boys or whatever. Like I absolutely love that. And that you got to give Kelly, if you're not going to give Kelly credit for anything else, you have to give him credit, credit for that because he absolutely made that a thing. Right, also, and it's, no, go, go ahead,
2: ahead Well, I was going to say, Eswell, you know how I know this is true? Because while Kelly was on this team, I worked at the Suns, and when you go back and you look at the social numbers of when we put Kelly's face on a piece of content and when we put Devin's face on a piece of content, they were equal, if not Kelly, bringing in more views more likes oh. more retweets you in the chat if you're telling me you don't vibe with kelly you're a liar because i had, <laughs> we can go back and find you liking and retweeting and giving all the hearts to kelly great content
1: we don't want to compare social numbers from when I was running it and then when you were there. I'm just saying.
0: Right? Oh, well, wow.
2: I'm just telling you the
1: statistics. I'm wow. the OG. Don't that bring that in here. That's I will use the
2: social stats. Oh, you God. know who God.
1: I. You know who I had to push kendall marshall all right i had that kind of player and i still got numbers all right and that's the point that's the
3: point that's why kelly was exciting and why you can't get mad at casuals for freaking jumping on board when we actually had a player that was worth rooting for like the last six
0: or seven years that word look espos head is as big as my office right now jesus
1: (laughs) no honestly okay i'm 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 playing this up a bit obviously <laughs> I don't hate Kelly Kelly Ubrey uh, I, I I will say this he didn't make the coolest of the valley valley boys merchandise there's another guy who impeded on his uh, on his uh what do you call it copyright there and got sued by Kelly that made cooler gear but that's neither here nor there what bothers me right is the fact that he gets credit for the valley the the, the cool uniform, all that. And I can tell you two years prior to him, they already had started working on all that branding. So he had nothing to do with that. And it bothers me because I know the people that put in the hard work at looking at that on doing that work on getting there and him getting credit for that bothers me more than anything.
2: What- so I know those people too. And yes, they do deserve credit for that work that they put in. However, You could make the argument, and you could make the argument very well, that the reason why the Valley jerseys popped off in the way that they did is because Kelly and DA made the Valley a thing before those jerseys came out. They made it cool. Even Cesar in the chat says he went to Kelly's pop-up shop, and low-key, he reinvigorated the youth to latch onto the team. The youth always dictates what's trendy at the moment. That's just how society works. And they're the ones who really grabbed onto the Valley because the Valley was already cool at that point in time, thanks to Kelly Oubre Jr.
1: Now, let, let's make this clear. The Valley uniforms popped because the team freaking won. If they had been the same team that was the previous I mean, year, yeah, that's why they popped off, because they had a winning no. basketball team. No. Nobody because wears shit no. for a losing basketball no. team. No. You're all wrong. wrong. You're so no. wrong. You're so wrong.
0: You're so wrong, Espo. You're Dude, so some wrong. Some of the worst franchises in history had some of the best uniforms in the league and people still rep them. Name like, one. All because of the, the... Name Vancouver one. The Grizzlies have one of the all-time great uniforms of all time. And they were the worst franchise ever in Vancouver.
3: Don't give me that shit. <laughs> <laughs> Look, I will say... Winning obviously helps a jersey's popularity, but we knew those were bangers the minute they were released. And you remember how they were released? Kelly, like U- Kelly U- a horse. photo shoot in the desert on a horse.
1: That iconic. poor damn horse. <laughs> that poor damn horse.
3: It was iconic. And look, I, I get the hesitancy to give him all the credit because someone else was coming up with the Valley branding and all that. But the Valley Boys thing, that came first and that hit hard because it's different when it's coming from – you know people that don't have faces behind the organization as opposed to a player who's touting it himself
0: I'll also say this your branding could you the the concept of your branding and the name could be as cool as you think it is but it don't mean shit until you have somebody to back it up like Michael Jordan and Nike Nike existed forever until Michael Jordan got in the fold and made that hold, shit cool and then hold it became on. something <laughs> Hold on. Really with the Hold on. Did you just put <laughs> Kelly Oubre's name
1: next to Michael Jordan's in your mouth? Are you kidding me? Devin hey, Booker made the Valley more cool. Marketing.
0: That's exactly what I'm talking about. Hell yeah. Like he made that shit cool. No.
1: Oh my God.
0: Okay. I have
2: another example of why this is factual. Okay. Uh-huh. When those orange jerseys came out, when yeah. we got the release of those orange jerseys, the feedback was garbage. Nobody liked them. Nobody rocked with those orange jerseys. Then the players wore them at media day and Kelly came out and said, these look really good on. I love these. I rock with these jerseys. And guess what? Everyone changed their tune and they started rocking with the orange jerseys. Not not true. You can have a good jersey or you can have a bad jersey, but until you have somebody with a name behind it telling you that this is fire, then that's just how it works these days.
1: Those orange jerseys jerseys were still trash. Those orange jerseys were still trash.
2: No, I agree. They're still (laughs) trash. But the tune around the jerseys changed when Kelly came out and said he
0: liked that. Before before Kelly repped the orange jerseys, nobody would wear it. After Kelly repped the jerseys, two people wore it. So I made it a big deal. It still works,
1: didn't it? Lindsay Lindsay going around Home Depot going, those look like the orange jersey. See, Kelly made them cool.
3: (laughs) Unbelievable, these two. Haters. Haters.
0: Oh. I, I've been on your side this whole time, Gerald. What are you talking about? This whole point of the argument, I've been on your side. Don't make me go back to the dark side.
3: Okay, okay. Hater. Okay. Singular hater.
2: Real quick, we do have a super chat from Jay. Right. Jay, thank you so much for your super chat. I lost all my money betting on esco yesterday on Southwest Bias. This is my last $5. But Espo speaking facts today. Oh, Jay, you thank are you. Wrong.
1: you. You, I'm gonna, you are wrong, I'm gonna Jay. do my Jay Power rankings. Jay in our chat, and then Jay Crowder's ten spots below him. Congratulations, Jay. You understand what you're talking about. Jay, Why are you this just your
0: hands out like you're in a rap battle, son. Like... I am
1: now.
3: <laughs> Jay, this just proves you're wasting more money on losing bets, my man. You gotta write yeah, the shit
0: for true. real. <laughs> you bet on Espo, you're gonna lose every time. Let's go.
1: Look, hey, Saul, so a year ago, you bet on me, and you ain't losing right now,
0: so.
3: <laughs> Look.
2: Oh, my gosh.
3: I will say this about Kelly. Like, you, as much as we want to debate the origins of the Valley Boys and the Valley stuff, like, he had an undeniable swag about him that made it cool to be a Suns fan for the first time in, like, almost 10 years. Like, the way he, like, the push-ups, the blowing kisses to the opposing team's bench, the, the headbang that he would always do, like, Those were things that made it fun to watch Suns games, even when they were losing games. And like the pregame outfits became a thing for the Suns for the first time in a while. Like a lot of these guys have style, but Kelly took it to a different level with the chains and the outfits and the sunglasses indoors, as Saul proved earlier in the show. Like he was just cool. And as much as Devin is the focal point, he's the foundation, like he was the guy that made it cool to be a Suns fan.
0: Okay. Can we level? Wait, 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 Josh. We gotta read this one from Josh Hunter. He said, "Esco, take a credit for x like Mario Chalmers on the Heat."
1: Oh man, Josh, that's you're low. dead. Josh, Whoops. you're dead to me now. All right, without me, there is no PHNX, and don't you forget it. Oh, that's wrong. Oh my
0: God, Espo.
1: That's what's mean.
0: Flates your goddamn ego, buddy.
1: Can can we level set though? In, in all seriousness, looking back at this, the argument isn't that Kelly Oubre was a perfect player or the best player here, or or any of that. It was that he brought a level of entertainment that was needed at the time, uh, and and he helped with with the attitude, right? Because there was a there was very much an Eeyore... Losing attitude here, right? Like, ho oh, hum. This is just what it is. And he helped break that. That's the argument you're trying to make, correct? Both the Lindsey and Gerald here.
3: Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Like right. he saw he saw an identity and he spoke it into existence before it even really existed on the court.
1: All right. If you'll give me that he didn't create the Valley, I'll give <laughs> you that, and we can we can we can erase. He created the Valley Boys, but the Valley. Yes. Okay, then I will, I will say that last twenty five minutes enjoyed for entertainment value. But I can agree with the premise of this at least.
3: But I do think the valley doesn't hit as hard and have as much staying power if Valley Boys doesn't happen first.
2: I agree. Well,
1: we will never find out. <laughs>
2: <laughs> but Gerald, you're correct. That's the only thing there. Um, and then our last bullet point: He was a part of the package uh, trade to the Oklahoma City Thunder to get Chris Paul here. So we owe Kelly some flowers for being available to be a part of that trade.
1: Yeah, absolutely. And <laughs> I go ahead. I'll give him those flowers. I'll give him those oh, flowers.
3: Uh, you weren't. You weren't at the time. You thought the trade was a disaster, did you not? <laughs> well, money wise, yeah. I, I didn't. I didn't think it was
1: fiscally responsible, but
3: okay. Okay. I I will say that it did. It was kind of painful, not just losing Rubio, but Ubre at the time. Because not just because of the photo shoot, but like literally he was so excited about these uniforms. He was one of the first to be excited to be a son in general. And so for him to be shipped out literally, was it the day of or the day after those photos dropped? Day after. Day after. That that's still painful. And I know it hurt him, it stung him because you look at the way he started the next season with the Warriors, and he hasn't he hasn't been the same since. Like that was his yeah. peak so far in the NBA. <laughs> and he's had trouble finding his footing for reasons he's, we've discussed, but still.
0: He's he's a, he's a he's an emotionally invested guy. Um, mm-hmm. He plays that way. Um, mm-hmm. So I, I could easily see where he was just, you know, he was, he was, you know, he wore that, you know, because mm-hmm. he invested in the Suns and in the community um, the way he thought he should, and it didn't pay off. And they got rid of him for, you know, obviously a better bag, but, um, mm-hmm. you know, it, it's unfortunate that, that it turned out that way Um, It was best for the Suns, obviously, Mm -hmm. Uh, and maybe in the long run, it'll be better for Kelly Oubre because, you know, sometimes you have to take a couple lumps to understand your role, um, not only on the basketball court, but in life. And sometimes you just need to go through it.
2: Yeah, but it was still I could understand, though, how that one would be frustrating. We talked about it when we talked about Ricky Rubio, too. The kind of emotional reaction that you got from both of those players after being included in that trade shows how invested they were in the city, in the team, in their teammates, and the fan base here. So you can't deny that he was invested in this organization, at the very least, from the basketball and fan side of things.
3: Yeah, absolutely. Right,
1: Did you ever, see, you ever see the Dane Cook movie where he was the guy that every girl dated before they got married? Good luck, Chuck. I feel like yeah. I, yes, I feel like that—that that was Kelly Oubre's role here, right? We had mm-hmm. to have, uh, you know, we 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 loved this guy, but we got into the into the long-term relationship with this current Sons group, and it pays off a little bit more than the fun we had in that relationship of our youth.
3: Well, hopefully, Kelly Oubre finds his Jessica Alba at the end of his movie, then, because we found ours. He did. So.
0: Well, he, he got, he did. He got did he get married. married. You got married.
3: Oh, I was I was talking about if we're extending the basketball analogy on the basketball court but
1: <laughs> sure.
2: Okay. He before, did, get, he
1: did get 18 million from the Warriors, that's not bad. So I mean, yeah, that's not bad.
2: <laughs> before we share final arguments and give out our official number of flowers, we're gonna take a quick break because I wanna tell you guys about our friends over at More Furniture. They hooked us up for our new office space and our new studio set. With a bunch of great furniture, they've got chairs, they've got tables, all the things. You know how it goes. Um, and if you are interested in checking out their Labor Day sale, highly recommend you visit morefurniture.com. That's M-O-R furniture.com. And they can help you make your house your dream home or your patio, your dream patio, whatever it may be. That's one more time, morefurniture.com. Also- Tell them Kelly Ubrey
1: sent you. <laughs> this
2: guy. <laughs> More free stuff for you guys <laughs> in our toast of the month sweepstakes. So we, we named our winners just a few days ago for last month's sweepstakes. Now they have restarted and a new person is eligible to win this one. Um, it's going to get you a $50 four peaks gift card, a PHNX shirt of your choice and a PHNX annual membership to enter. All you have to do is head on over to gophnx.com or click the link in our show notes. And just a reminder, you can enter now. You can enter tomorrow. You can enter the day after that. You can enter as many times as it will allow you. Um, this is not a one-time, once-a-month enter type of thing. So make sure you're entering a lot and make sure you're entering often throughout the next month to up your odds of potentially winning the sweepstakes. But just a reminder to enjoy Four Peaks Beer, which is quite delightful. You do have to be 21 years or older, and we ask that you enjoy responsibly. But to hang out at the brewery and enjoy the good time and the good food, you can be whatever
1: age you want to be. Yeah. You'll have you'll have more fun than you had watching Kelly Oubre pay, play basketball for the Suns. That's how fun Four Peaks is. Get out there. Mm, Unbelievable. Okay. I heard if you <laughs> use Kelly in marketing, it makes everything cool. I'm just working on it. <laughs> Are you trying to throw shade at me, Espo?
3: <laughs> Don't bring out Chelsea. We're so close to being yeah. done. Oh, shit. Yes, it's a, is going it's a three-day weekend. I can say
2: yes. <laughs> you worked in marketing, too. You know damn well it works. Don't even lie. Don't even lie, Espo. Okay, any other uh, final arguments why Kelly deserves some flowers or not? Anything else?
3: I think we've covered the
2: bases. Okay. My last thing that I do want to include, though, and um, just around the whole Valley Boys thing, this is kind of a sidebar thing, but I did really enjoy how inclusive Kelly was around the fan base because it started out as Valley Boys, and then when he started talking about it, like Valley Boys was the written thing, right? And then the minute he started actually talking about it, he added Valley Boys and Girls. He wanted Mm -hmm. to make sure he was inclusive with all of these types of things and... I also feel like Kelly was a highly, he highly respected women in that locker room who worked in sports media. And that's something that really stood out to me, not to say that the other players in that locker room didn't, but I feel like Kelly went above and beyond to make sure that women in sports were respected. They were given the same amount of credibility and time that their male counterparts were. And that was something that was really cool that I saw from Kelly. Okay. How many flowers? One to eight. Are you giving Kelly Oubre Jr.?
0: I'm, I'm going to give him a four. Okay. I'm going to give him four flowers uh, because I feel like for everything that I didn't like about his basketball, um, he did give me some some cool things to root for and get excited about on the court. And I think everything that he provided off the court um, for the community, for the fan base, getting them excited, making it fun to watch Suns basketball again, um, I'm going to give him credit for that. And so I would say, actually, you know what? I'm going to give him five. five. Oh, man, there we go.
3: Espo, <laughs> should I? will go five. ahead and go. Always go. Oh, that's not your. That's not your pick. Five, Espo. No, no. He said no. five. So yes, five, I heard five. As, as I officials? rolled my eyes.
1: Go okay. ahead, Gerald. Give yours. Yeah, uh,
3: I was going to go with a five as well. I. That's what I gave Ricky Rubio. And as much as they never contributed on the court to the final season and the sixty-four win season. They were two guys that were instrumental in putting this organization on the right track, as far as the culture, as far as the basketball, and everything in between. So I'll I'll give him a five.
2: Espo, are you are uh, last, or do you want me to go? Yeah, last? I'll go
1: last, Lindsay. You can uh, you can give him the four. <laughs> You're gonna BK give now. Espo
0: the last word, Lindsay. I'm so no, worried. I will always have the last word. No worries,
1: no. <laughs> uh, go ahead, Lindsay.
2: Um, do you guys remember what I gave Ricky? Was Ricky a six and a half?
3: I think he gave him six and a half.
2: Okay, then I'll give Kelly a six. Okay. Because I do think I do think from a basketball side of things that Ricky was a little bit more mm-hmm. um, impactful. But I will say from a culture perspective, from a fan perspective, uh, you can't argue that anybody was more impactful than Kelly during those years. So I'm going to go five, six? Six? I'm going to go six. Okay. As uh, the floor is yours.
1: I'll actually give him a three and a half. I think he certainly had an impact on the culture. He did bring some entertaining highlights in a time where we hadn't seen a lot of those in the past. I may have actually gone higher. I didn't bring this up, but one of the things that always bugged me was he sat out the bubble. If he had been Mm -hmm. part of that 8-0 run in the bubble with a little bit of that swag, I may have put him higher. Uh, in there in the flowers, and I may have slightly different feelings. Like I said, I I was kidding in, in terms of some of that stuff today. Uh, but but that always sat wrong with me. Uh, it, none of the stuff I said towards you, Lindsay, everything else, maybe. Uh, <laughs> so, like, uh, that always didn't sit well with me, was that he, he sat out that when it sounded like he could have played, where he could have been there for his teammates. And that that eight games, like we've talked about, was the turning point For most people, that entire bubble was the turning point and uh, and he didn't play in it. So that makes it tougher for me to to go higher than that three and a half.
2: I think that's a fair thing to bring up. Um, I do think there were probably a lot of behind the scenes factors that went into that, probably conversations around contracts and um, Mm -hmm. his future with the organization and then being willing to risk re-injuring something if that future was shaky so I could see both sides to that argument, but I think it's a fair discussion to at least have.
3: I, I, and, I, and I get that side of it, but from my perspective, it wound up being better off for the Suns in the long run because they saw what they could have in the future with Mikael Bridges and Cam Johnson on the wing. They still went 8-0 without him, and they kind of realized, okay, this guy is not intrinsic to our future. He's a big part of what we are now. But if we can flip them, we will. And they did. So I'm I'm not that well, upset about it.
1: You just you just made the other part of that argument. They did go eight and without him.
0: So. Hey guys, I, I gotta mm-hmm. go. I'll see you guys. <laughs> it's just I like, gotta go too.
3: Bye. <laughs> like, fuck this. It's three day weekend time.
1: <laughs> I'm guessing. It's, it's his birthday. He, he had office. to start to start the party. <laughs> That's fair.
2: Um, okay, one last thing before we say goodbye. Uh, Charles did say, wow, front office gets no love. Players got all the flowers. That is true. We did mm-hmm. give more flowers to the two players we talked about this week than we did um, to non-player members of the organization. Do you guys think that's fair overall without looking at individual names? Do Absolutely. you tend to lean more credit towards players than you do towards coaching in front office? I do.
1: It's always it's always the case because the players mm. do it on the court, right? Mm-hmm. I mean, you can pick you can pick guys all you want, whatever, but the players do it on the court in the end.
3: Also, And also, like, we're doing Unsung Heroes Week, so we are trying to point out the positives, but, like, there were more negatives than positives when you looked at Earl Watson and Ryan McDonough. Like, I'm sorry to burst anyone's bubble, but the track record there for both of those guys was not as good as it was for Ricky and Kelly. Just I, by
1: the way, I think there was an actual reason Saul had to go that we need to wrap this up, so uh, let's wrap it <laughs> up <here.
2: laughs> Okay, well, just a quick hey! reminder, uh, we do have a three-day weekend coming up, and we want you guys to be safe and healthy for all the fun activities, especially the upcoming NBA season. Uh, one great way to remain safe and healthy are COVID-19 vaccines, and they are free for everyone five and older. Those 12 and older are also now eligible for a booster. Visit azhealth.gov slash vaccine our location near you just a quick heads up we're going to take a three-day weekend um so we will not have a show for you on monday but we will be back on tuesday at 2 p.m right here on our youtube channel same place same time so we hope you guys have a great holiday weekend and we will see you next tuesday until then you can follow me on twitter at lindsay smith az you can follow Saul at saul_bookman. bookman you can follow gerald at gerald borgay and of course you can follow espo at espo espo take us home
1: have a Kelly Oubre wonderful Labor Day weekend where it's all about the style and not about the substance. Hoi oh, hoy. <laughs>